Welcome to Everybody Hates Me, Let's Talk About Stigma, a podcast hosted by Dr. Carmen Logie. She's a Canada Research Chair in Global Health Equity and Social Justice with Marginalized Populations and an Associate Professor at the University of Toronto's Factor in Wintosh Faculty of Social Work. Every week, the show features amazing speakers from around the world talking about stigma from research, lived experiences, and activism perspectives. Why should we care about stigma? What can we do about it? Thank you for tuning in. Let's start the show. Today, I am so excited and honored to introduce our guest, Yasmin Prasad. Yasmin Prasad is a trans activist who has been providing education and training around LGBT-related issues for more than a decade. Her experience ranges from working with trans youth, HIV-positive women, sex workers, and many diverse populations. She provides training to service providers around trans community inclusion and support. Yasmin has presented at many conferences across North America, on various topics about access for trans people. She is currently a research coordinator at Women's College Hospital, working with trans women and HIV. I also know, Yasmin, you have other positions and so many other hats. Welcome, and please add more about your work you're doing at 519. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. I will, I will. I will definitely add more stuff around what I'm doing. How are you? I'm good. Um, So I am wondering if I have the same memory of meeting you that you have of meeting me. My memory, I think, goes back to 2006, so 14 years ago. We were doing a focus group with uh, transgender women living with HIV in Toronto. And because of your incredible community work and the collaborations and connections you built, we thought 10 people were coming and 20 people showed up. Is that what we yeah. met? I can't remember. Well, it, we did. I think I might have met you a little bit before, just like in, you know, passing or so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's when I think like we officially met. <laughs> and, and since then, other moments that have stood out for me, oh, there's so many moments of you doing such incredible things that I've been able to be part of. One of them was doing digital storytelling with you. Right. Others are you being gracious enough to host my students at the 519 Community Center to do a, a Transgender 101 training yeah. every year. And we created Transcending Love together. Awesome. Yeah, which is awesome. So for folks who don't know what transcendent love is actually what well, we call it short tea love and we looked at um an art space project with trans women uh african caribbean trans women and talking about self-love talking about acceptance talking about what it feels like to love themselves and we use two mediums so we use a cut out like a anatomical heart where they could draw and paint and however they you know their journey went with that or we use mirrors where they could decorate and um write affirmations to themselves so they can see themselves 
thousand every day and feel you know that sense of belonging and also we did affirmation cards mm-hmm. where they wrote affirmations to other trans women in the community that service providers could use to give maybe like to another trans woman who might be going through a hard time or having a rough day and say hey here's something that another trans woman wrote that could really help you through whatever you're going through i love that project that project was so amazing so i want to back up a moment if i was to bump into you in an elevator yeah and we're going up a couple floors <laughs> and i was to say i don't know you and right. i would say yes i mean tell me what kind of work do you do how do you describe in a quick elevator ride what work you do I would say the work that I do is um, community-based work, and it's mm-hmm. the, the work is around um, trans inclusion, specifically for trans women of color and indigenous two-spirit trans women is, is mostly where my focus is, and it's really about access. So access to care, access to, when we say care, systemic access. So access mm-hmm. to like medical care, access to proper housing, affordable food, all these different sort of social determinants of life that people need in order to survive. Social support, all these different pieces. And how long have you been doing this work? Not trying to age you or anything. No, it's okay. You've been doing this for a while, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm going into my like plus 15 years. And the work hasn't been the same as always. You know, it's been different. I work with a different population, as you've just read mm-hmm. in my bio. And now specifically, my, my work has geared towards mostly access for trans women of color, comer, refugee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, along those lines. So, Yasmin, I'm going to show up. Mm-hmm. to your beautiful apartment yeah with a time machine mm-hmm. and in the time machine there's space for you and i we can physically distance you know it's covid right. <laughs> and i was gonna say yasmin you are such an incredible community leader you're an activist you are an educator you're a researcher you have so many different roles that you play to promote access to healthcare for transgender women. Where do we go in the time machine when you can tell me you knew that this was what work you wanted to be doing? Take me back to the time when you were like, I need to do this work because this work feels to me like it's your passion. Um, so the time would be, I would say about 20 years ago, you know, I was quite young and I had just, you know, you recently, still look quite young. Don't worry. Well, yeah, you know, um, <laughs> migrated to Canada. I came, I came from a country that I would have been probably killed or prosecuted for being trans. So I had to care and I came. Do you want to say where that country was? Or you sure, to... it's Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> so you could keep it where a secret. Have, <laughs> no, where we have laws, what they call buggery law and stuff in place. It's now been appealed, but at that time it wasn't. So mm-hmm. it wasn't safe. Um, and I came here, I was trying to sort out myself and get a new life and figure things out. And I, I used to access the program at the 519 called Meal Trans. A Meal Trans is a program for trans people who on a Monday would come and get food, who were mostly low income, um, sex workers, people who were accessing the shelter or not and stuff like that. And I started to access the program and I really saw the need that trans people were, weren't getting or were getting. And that's how that really sparked my involvement, like talking to folks and seeing how folks weren't reflected, like myself, like when 
but we looked mm-hmm. at the food, <laughs> you know, the food we, we would always complain. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, they were trying, but it was, it's not meant to, they were doing the best they can, but we taught, I taught that they could have more representation of folks like us. Yeah, so uh, like more uh, Caribbean food, more different more cultures. Adult food, yeah, more African food, more, you know, more diversity because the people who came there, the tra- most, it was mostly trans women, were very diverse. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that would be the one meal that they would have for the whole day based wow. on life circumstances. So, yeah. And you ended up working for Meal Trans, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ran Meal Trans for, for many years and did the education and training piece. And then from there, just started to snowball into what it is today. And, and I want you to tell the listeners mm-hmm. about your current community kitchen. I was looking up to visit to you all when we made our video series. We still need to do our launch, by the way. We'll talk about that later. I was lucky enough to visit and feel the vibe, which was so joyful and so fun in your community kitchen. So maybe you want to tell the listeners about your cooking program. Yeah. So the cooking program is called TIPA because the acronym is for trans people of color. Mostly trans women of color come, but we do have non-binary and trans men identified folks come in, which it's open to um, thing. But this is actually part of my dream and my vision for the work that I did. I always wanted this because I wanted a place where, you know, we, myself, could we could be reflected and have a space. There is no other space like this that I know of, probably mm-hmm. within LGBT groups in Canada. So there's no age barrier. It's for trans people of color to come, be themselves, cook, cook food that they reflect them, themselves and their community, talk about sexual health or not, what's going on in our lives, laugh, cry, talk about all kinds of stuff that affect us and then share the food, get food to take home and other resources, of course, if you want clothing or access to referrals or whatever, I really be in that space. And it's been amazing. Yeah. I remember when we talked for Mm -hmm. the book I'm writing and you're part of one of the chapters Mm -hmm. we're writing about transcending love, you shared a story that actually has stuck with me about celebration Mm -hmm. and about how at your Teapot kitchen that people celebrate each other and they Mm -hmm. celebrate each other's birthdays and they help each other pick out outfits, look look nice, Mm -hmm. you know? I remember you you sharing that it's a real, and I've witnessed that it's a joyful space. It is, it is. It is a joyful space and it's sad in this time we can't have the the space as it, but we're trying to restructure it in a way that we could still continue. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm really glad we got to introduce you to the listeners. I've got three quick questions. First question, why should we care about stigma towards trans people? Why does it matter? Like if you're doing like, if you're trying to get somebody to, to pay attention, what, what is the argument or what is the essence of the, your, your reasoning? And I know there's probably a lot of things you could say, so you could probably just throw one out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs> Would you do that? Yeah. I love that. I don't think this people, um, trans people face stigma, trans women in color in particular, with all these multiple identities. I think we could, people are fearful. People are fear of the unknown. People still have like this sort of misunderstanding around like trans women in particular and, 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 and their place in, in this whole system. And I think that's where the stigma comes from. I mean, of course, people have other biases that go along with that, right? So religious mm-hmm. bias, transphobic, and often we're fearful of the unknown. And this sometimes can feel like the unknown. I think 
people feel like we, and I can say we, have come from a history of in the feminist movement. We haven't had that place. And now often you can hear that dialogue, like we're undercutting or taking over the feminist movement. Or, oh. you know, that's where I think some of the stigma could... Yeah, and, and how J.K. Rowling is promoting this... Yeah exclusion of trans women and trying mm-hmm. to use yeah. feminism it's so i guess you're saying we should care because it's still happening mm-hmm. there's still misunderstanding and mm-hmm. like come on people it's 2020 20, like you know nobody's <laughs> here to take anybody's place we all have a rightful place mm-hmm. in society no matter who we are whether we're trans we all deserve to have that space and access to it so I think really that understanding or that fear or that however they see that to be is their own, creates that own stigma. Sometimes they need to work through their own oppression that they go through too. <laughs> got to work through their own issues. <laughs> they want to their own sense of, you know, of identity. Because if you're comfortable with your identity, nobody else's right? should really affect you. you know? <laughs> we all have a rightful place to be. So. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. Deal with your own self and oh, your own yeah. issues. Mm-hmm. Don't project those. I'm on me, you know. My second question, and I know you probably have hundreds of examples Mm-hmm. But for the listener who might not understand, I don't understand Yasmin is focusing on barriers to accessing healthcare. Could you walk us through maybe one or two examples of what this might look like? Let's say for a, a trans woman who is living with HIV. Yeah. And then maybe a trans woman who wants to get an HIV test or something yeah, like that. So- what does that look like, those those processes of stigma from the moment they wake up, maybe? Well, yeah, I mean, from the time they wake up and they have to deal with now being, you know, living with trans identity, because for a lot of trans people, they still struggle with that, right? A day-to-day basis, either, you know, um, they haven't had access to probably physical transition or they're still struggling with whatever in their life. And then having now this diagnosis, let's say, becoming HIV positive, then having now to go and access a service, which is already not very trans friendly or trans positive and on top of that now you have to deal with the status so going in meeting reception whoever whatever that might look like first of all which organization or which healthcare do i go to that mm-hmm. i can go to right do i go to a very gendered space a women only care do i go to one that's based on race do i go to one that's a general it's yeah, so all these things you're probably trying to figure out mm-hmm. where which clinic or where should i go that i could feel most comfortable or not and then showing up at you know a reception if it's a woman only space and then saying just being there and then saying i'm here for you know this type of service asking for it people looking at you not sure what pronoun maybe to use might misgender you all these questions that might come up that makes people you know would make someone feel feel really really intimidated and so that's so that's a huge that's sort of like the you know yes so there's a lot of steps you said waking up and maybe not feeling good about yourself uh, Mm -hmm. because you might not have the resources that you are hoping to have and then and then i also and i want to get back to the journey to the health clinic because we Mm -hmm. heard about that i remember in some of our transiting love work but going to a clinic and being like okay do i go to a clinic for african caribbean folks or for women or for hiv positive folks <laughs> and then and then having to deal with it. does your ID match? Are you going to be yeah. misgendered? 
are people going to harass you in the waiting room? I mean, what about on the subway? Like, That's what I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. I remember we offer people the op- opportunity to be reimbursed for Ubers or taxis because some people have such a terrible time riding the subway. Yeah, people have huge anxiety, you know, riding the subway, especially if it's rush hour. I'm like, girl, I'm not going out there. But yeah, so it's really, it's really working around. That's the Tweery, the project that I coordinate here at Women's College Hospital, is really that's the focus of it mainly to reduce these barriers and create a safe space that people can go in trend people specifically trans women get what they need and get out (laughs) so can you and i'm so happy you're doing this can you describe what is tweery aiming to do and we're doing this a little bit in our teach project Mm -hmm. so for the listeners yeah i just want to highlight how lucky we are to have Yasmin as a guest. Yasmin has been single-handedly training healthcare workers, I don't even know, for a decade, thousands of people about transgender issues, understanding gender and gender identity, understanding pronouns, understanding language, understanding trans women's social determinants of health. So can you tell us how the work at Tweary is helping to address some of these barriers? Twerry is definitely, so we're working with service providers who mostly work in healthcare services, specifically like the HIV sector. And what we've done is we've developed a trans 101 HIV 101 workshop for them, which is, relates to teach also. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that training is specifically designed for them. So, they so walk what will in. they? So if they walk in, yeah. what's the general overview of what you all? The overview would be them? LGBT language. So we talk a bit about intersectionality. So we we draw from Kimberly's Crenshaw work. Mm-hmm. We then talk about the Ontario Human Rights Code, which quite surprisingly, a lot of service providers not quite aware of or not sure how it works or the grounds, protective grounds that it covered, which is quite so, surprisingly. So that protects trans folks from discrimination. Right, and it did a four specific category is um, sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, and um, sex. Okay. Yeah. So we work through them. Then we do a sort of a HIV 101 with them because we don't base the assumption that because you work in HIV, everybody knows. So we mm-hmm. do a sort of maybe like a recap, but sometimes folks still ask, you know, what's mm-hmm. that? And then we move into some scenario-based questions. So what we talked about earlier on could be a scenario-based question. A trans woman is trying to access your service, blah, blah, blah. We walk through and we give them a scenario and they work as a group, come back, then we give them some um, some tips to take back to the workplace we give back some policy changes the intake form we talk a lot about pronouns how to use pronouns when now when and not and that's like the typical training great and i'm going to have a link for the listeners yeah. by your bio so they can link to twerry sure absolutely so my third question before we go to the wild cards mm-hmm. where they get to really know the real yasmin yeah my third question is what can the listener do about this? How can people listening to this podcast be part of a change to end stigma experienced by transgender women and transgender people? Yeah, well, I think folks who um, who are not trans and who assist and really want to be part of, you know, I'm going to call it sort of like a movement, or be an, mm-hmm. you can be an ally, right? So you can support um, anything. You could support, there are lots of petitions going around on change.org. You could support your local LGBT center, wherever you are. They also have, you know, trans program, grassroots trans group. You can, you know, if you have maybe... 
friends that you can talk about also like reduce stuff on social media when you see like transphobic stuff like to respond to it and say you know that that's not okay that's not right that's hateful that's hateful language so there are many ways you can folks can use their their voice to support trans people that's great um, events like pride events and other events that happen throughout the year, like Trans Day of Remembrance and stuff like that. So before we get to the wild card fun questions, is there mm-hmm. anything else you want to share with the listeners about stigma experienced by trans people? Anything else you from your, your vast <laughs> wealth <Yeah>. of experience? <laughs> you know, really... You know, like stigma is a loaded word, right? It, it 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 sets up a huge like, oh my god, you're so stigmatized. Also, there's a misconception, right? That not every trans person or every trans person of color or trans because oh my god, you're a trans woman because you're a trans woman of color, you're HIV positive, you're an immigrant. Mm-hmm. Like all these layers or intersectionality, people think, oh my god, you must have such a sad life. <laughs> oh, a misconception. So now every trans person they meet with some of these identities that's the the quite like the clicking like an automatic like oh my god Yasmin has such a sad life Mm. (laughs) just based on that and that is also something we need to sort of like debunk and rethink that's not always the case I love that you said that just because people experience stigma that is not all of their life no and there's a lot of community solidarity Solidarity, joy People celebrate, like, you take what you have and you make the best of it. So, and, you know, and I, I had to learn that too myself because I had that such ingrained, not for me, but I also thought of a lot of trans women, like, like with these identities, oh my God, your life is probably so sad. Only to realize, like, no, like these, you know, their, their lives are actually the way that fulfilling and they're doing things. So I also had to, like, because I've been, like, almost taught that for so long. Totally. Mm-hmm. And, and I also, one of my most powerful memories of working with you was when we were doing the Transcending Love workshops. Mm-hmm. And we had at the very end of these workshops, we had three workshops. I think there was eight to ten women per workshop. And at the end of the workshop, we had these cards and people had to write what they would say to other trans women of color. And as people were, and then people, if they wanted to, read out, read out the, the statement. And people were saying, you're strong. You can do this. I got you. You're beautiful. And I was like, we as a society, as a world, don't do enough lifting each other up. And to see all the joy and all the these positive messages, I just, it still moves me when I read those. It still makes me emotional because I realize how good would it be if every person, including every trans person, got to see this affirmation, like you are loved, you belong, you know, we have your back, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that was really like a life-changing thing for me <laughs> to see that we, we, we got together and you know and I think that was life-changing for a lot of the people who were there and friendships were developed they're still friends today you know I see them all on Facebook and oh, stuff. amazing and yeah it was really something and for the listeners if you want a deck of transcending love cards yeah. we will send you the pdf absolutely <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I love that message yes there's stigma And people are so much more than that. They have joy. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go into some wild card questions. (laughs) Yeah. I want people to get to know the real Yasmin. 
So, mm-hmm. first, what are you binging on Netflix right now? It's called. Oh my god! I just so did one second. It doesn't. The name doesn't quite fit the the, the thing. Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom. I haven't. Yeah. What, what is it about? It's about these um these bunch of like this family in LA, and all the kids are like um robbing all these banks and all these <laughs> different things, and just all the family dynamic of it, and the mother is like the she's controlling the whole scene and it's just it it doesn't you know no need a lot of like attention to like watch it so it doesn't with this stressful time you need something just to be like hey you know and um it's fun for nice me. yeah i don't know to like it it really helps me to um, decompress totally i don't watch anything serious or anything depressing i have a rule or anything scary so if that only leaves fun yeah. <laughs> And, the, and the, I mean, I like that. The, the, the folks who are there, the well, you know, the guys, or however you want to call them, are really hot too. So it's weird. <laughs> so there's hot guys, and it's fun. Okay, yes. uh, amazing. Okay, my second question is: if you could go anywhere in the world mm-hmm. and take anybody, living or dead, for dinner, imagine there's no COVID. Yeah. Who would you take, and where would you go? Ooh. That's such an interesting question. Maybe I would take Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> yeah. amazing! Where would you and Jesus go? Um, where would we go? <laughs> where would we go? We would want to go somewhere that maybe like the Fiji Islands or something. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, first of all, tell me. Why Jesus? I think because about my take on there's been so many so much stuff around like all this. Jesus did this, Jesus did that. He didn't. He did. He did. He did. And it's 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 people have all their different ways of interpretation of it and the Bible. So I would really like to clear up a lot of that stuff for people one time. <laughs> You and Jesus are going to go clear up some of the stuff that has been yeah. said. <laughs> and also maybe, you know, like we've talked about trans people and they don't, and it's a sin and all these things. So I would like to clear up all that too. Right. <laughs> I think girl. Jesus and you will get along and he will be like, yeah, I didn't say any of that crap. <laughs> and Fiji is on my bucket list. Right. So maybe, maybe we need to plan a trip there, Yasmin. Yeah, once everything is. Yeah, I, I think we could find some conference or something to do. Uh, to go to, yeah. <laughs> okay, my last question to you. What piece of advice would you like to share or a piece of advice that's moved you with the listeners? The piece of advice that probably moved me is to be humble. Yeah. Mm, be humble. Yeah, and also um, I think when you're doing this work, it, you can get, you, you can really get burned out. And you're, that's one of the things people you need to take care. So check yourself, make sure you're taking care of yourself, whatever that means. Cause I feel people feel a sense of guilt, mm-hmm. especially for me in this work. Like I have to do it. I have to do it. I can't say no. And also saying no, mm-hmm. uh, you always want to say yes. Cause you feel like if you say no, you know, this part of the community is not going to get what they need. Or if I didn't go and do that talk, that change wouldn't happen. So part of it is saying no, really taking care of yourself, whatever that means. Cause I know sometimes there's these self care thing like, Oh, go drink a glass of water take a walk for a mile and like for me no i need to go home and drink some wine and you know some yeah, right? right that's my self-care and that's some be sushi or whatever <laughs> and that's, sushi. yeah for you you might jump on your bike and go for a ride mm-hmm. but i think some of it too is judgmental because people feel like or like oh my god if i go and i drink i'm 
quote unquote alcoholic or I smoke too much weed or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think give yourself that space to do what you need to do, whatever that means, as long as you're doing it in a, you know, safe and way for you. But I think this work and in my position, I have a lot of privilege with this, with all this stuff, but still keep yourself humble because I've seen people, it could really like boost your ego. And <laughs> I love those three. I think you gave us, it was a two or three, stay humble, yeah. which I love, you know, because you're right. It, you could become like a celebrity and, you know, which yeah. you, you are pretty much. Second, take care of yourself, whatever that looks like. And if it means grabbing a drink of wine, do that yeah. i think you had a third one like i'll have to listen to it again. Um, say no say no say no yes yeah say no because you can't fix everything yeah. i want to share with the listeners a piece of advice you gave me mm-hmm. that i've been thinking about for the past little while when i was interviewing you for the book you said to me it's easy, and you kind of alluded to this when you said people aren't just stigma. They're not walking around with like a big sign of stigma. Yeah. They're also experiencing love and joy and laughter. And that, it reminded me of something you shared with me a few months ago, which was recommendations for people who want to do research with trans people. Yeah. First of all, you have to go out and meet people and be part of the community. Mm-hmm. And second of all, when you do that, if you really do that, you will see there's so much more than just understanding people as being participant or as someone there to answer your questions or someone there to fill your need for information mm-hmm. that people have love and life and hopes and dreams and friends and family and community and not to create this othering, the separation. Oh, this is a quote stigmatized person and that's all they are. No, or this is a person who needs this information or health services. No, you really broke it down in this really lovely way, which I think you also did in this podcast today, which is people are complex and they're nuanced and there is stigma and joy and survival. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I really love that you bring that joyful perspective to all of your, your stigma resistance work. Yeah, you have to. You've just summed it up, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you got to know who you are and know what you want and just go take it. I always say now, especially these times, and I've done it before, people have asked me, and I said, one day at a time, take everything one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very helpful, especially in these COVID days. Yeah. These are long They're days. Right? Sometimes. They're fun, right? They are. <laughs> just one day, you know. But this is, is obviously something here to teach us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, right? Although we're missing Pride Pride celebrations this month. That's okay. You know? <laughs> take, take a year off. Thank you so much for blessing our podcast with your presence. I really wanted people to learn from from your wisdom and your your consistent dedication to the communities that you work with. So thank you so much for coming on, Yasmin. No problem. Thank you. Good luck. Okay. Uh, Thank you, everybody. I'll, I'll have a link to Yasmin Prasad and her many hats at Women's College at 519. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Everybody Hates Me. Let's Talk About Stigma, a podcast hosted by Dr. Carmen Logie. Join us next week for more inspiring and motivating conversations with stigma leaders from around the world. If you want to listen, what I have to tell you.
listen, listen. 